coming up on Just Elders Podcast. If you watched last week's episode, when I had Sky on here, the motherfucker was too close. Shout out, Sky. <laughs> I didn't even... Look, so, in Sky defense... <laughs> what could you do with a hundred thousand dollars in terms of building this podcast that is made readily available to you at lower no interest i know i can win and you got atl scoop instagram page <laughs> ran by the police Nigga, let's talk about it real quick let's <laughs> hey, talk about it real quick crime is related to the issue of jobs right Crime is related to the issue of poverty. But I think if, if, if we had to lay uh, uh, Eldridge off, right, um, you know, he wouldn't be able to do the podcast because all of the equipment y'all use would be at the pawn shop. So, I mean, that's the thing. <laughs> no, no, sir. No, sir. <laughs> Man, I appreciate y'all more than y'all know. What y'all do by just talking about critical issues is so important. And talking about it from a young person's perspective, man. So keep doing what you're doing. Do more of it. And I have four um, candidates I see. I want to know if you see any other one. I see now Keisha, Felicia, Mary, and Kathy. Those are the four I see. And well, you're missing one. <laughs> Who's the one I'm missing? The one. <laughs> <laughs> Me. <laughs> man, fuck, come on, man. Don't give me a side on this podcast. Who knows? Breaking news, you might even see Bozeman make a return to politics. Oh, sh- you heard it first on the Jeff Seldon podcast. Bozeman versus Fort. <laughs> I know. But I ain't gonna lie. Who you picking? Oh, you know my man. I got Ready? Born ready. I was just pulling up old Drake. Oh, I like bro. Drake has been. I heard, when I called you, <laughs> yeah. I heard it in the background. Yeah, I was like, like bro, Drake has been like that nigga on a level of consistency. We really don't get that nigga credit for. Well, because the pen, the ghost, the ghost writing thing. That was yeah. just the ghost writing uh, shit. I, bro, bro, before Drake had money, before Drake was signed. He was that nigga, bro. Like, and I ain't even sucking that nigga. It was just comeback season was crazy, bro. So far gone was crazy, bro. I mean, like, he's a he's an incredible artist. Oh, incredible. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like he's a nigga that be trying to be. They were trying to make him too much of a rapper, and then the ghostwriting shit came out, and it's like it's like with Kanye. Niggas knew Kanye had ghostwriters because Kanye was, you know, like he'll have twenty motherfuckers in the lab with him, right? You know, but Jay Z, if it ever came out that oh a nigga ghost wrote for Jay Z. You know, that's what happened with Drake. But Drake, consistency wise, crew wise, he's that uh he's he's one of those first independent But I would listen to, I would years. listen to Drake shit. I was like, bro, this shit was hot. This shit hot now, bro, and it was back then it was just someone tell Malaya I'm on fire, she should work tonight. <laughs> Man. And and like Drake like that homeboy that you ain't never really had, like you just his homeboy through the music, because he helped you get pussy too. Yeah. He he laying that shit up for you every time, bro. Yeah. Uh, Every nigga, time nigga you put Drake. some Drake oh, yeah, on, bro, yeah, it's a wrap. This that thank me later, right? Yeah. That's why I love the album because if you go back and listen to it, 
Thank, thank me later age, age pretty well. So. Yeah, bro. Like, it's just like this nigga. Money, Money just changed. changed everything. I wonder how life without it would go. From the concrete, who knew that a flower would grow? Looking down from the top and it's crowded below. My 15 minutes started an hour ago. Truth oh. over fame. You know I was speculating oh. shit. When I hear him talking, I just don't know what to make of it. I don't know why I fuck with this nigga the way I do, but this nigga it. just... Doesn't come natural. Bear with me, it could take a bit. Yeah. And my dreams are who I'm racing with. But you can see I'm pacing it so that I'm always chasing it. Wayne put me right here. That's who I get the paper with. I hope that my success never always... Thank me later for this. What's up, family? It's your boy, LG. You tune into the greatest podcast to ever hear. Hairways, that is the Just Elders podcast. I'm super excited. I'm about to record the greatest episode I have ever recorded. I said it every time, and I mean it every single time. Thank me later for this episode. Thank me later for this podcast. Thank me later for this opportunity to learn from the motherfucking gems. Spelled J-E-M. Um, I just want to thank you for always recording. I was like, man, I always wanted to create a natural, yeah, we're just talking intro. Yeah. That was hard, by the way. That was dope. That was dope. I mean, that's what we at with. Yeah. That's what we at with. But, you know, we, we've been doing this for a while. So let me just say this, man. Congratulations, uh, Karen Civil. Listen to her first podcast, Joe Butter Network. You know what I'm saying? Her and Ming Lee. Ming, 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 Ming. Um, uh, congratulations to them. Congratulations to just everybody that's out here in this space, man. Like, I'm, I'm excited to see people doing their thing, see people opening up, see people potting. Uh, I'm telling y'all, podcasting is about to disrupt the way Uber did, the way Airbnb did, the way you listen to audio. Your audio experience will never be the same. Never. And I feel like we're experiencing the audio version of the NBA. And you got a lot of teams racking up right now. And you got, oh, shit. Oh, I'm looking over there. I'm like, okay, I see Brooklyn over there. That nigga went over there? Oh, okay. Okay. I see. I see uh LA looking strong. I see. So you seeing the players, but, you know, mm-hmm. all I got to say, man, mm-hmm. we in draft season, mm-hmm. and we got some players that we are proud about. On the clock. We are proud about some of these players that we are bringing to the Just Elders Media team. Man. Mm. That's just a uh, preview. We'll talk about it later. We got to talk about um, it later. I got to address something. Uh, first of all, before I do that, thank each and every last person. A round of applause. Round of applause that tune in to episode 79. Pray like Sierra. Live like Lori. Great episode. If you haven't listened to it, if you haven't watched it, <laughs> go back <laughs> and check it out. But I got to address something. Sometimes, you know, have you ever worked somewhere where you really enjoy it so much that you kind of get distracted on the job? Damn. You ever, you ever did that, Mark? You ever worked somewhere where you like, I'm having a lot of fun? That ever happened to you, Mark? Actually, nah, not really. It has. What about you, Mark? What about you, Keith? Hey, man, all my jobs, if I ain't having fun, bro, I'm gone. So, let me tell you yeah, what happens. Yeah, go ahead, bro. Keith and Mark have one job. Oh, okay. <laughs> Shit. They make sure the podcast sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. They make sure the podcast looks amazing. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to looks, aesthetically, Everything matters. 
if you watched last week episode when I had Sky on here, the motherfucker was too close. Shout out Sky. <laughs> I didn't even look. So in Sky defense. <laughs> It's what's, got a fence. What you talking about? Nah, nah. Because what, if you look, what, what, what nothing wrong? Because Sky makes sense what she said. What nothing wrong with the video? Nah, she was too close. Too close. <laughs> too close for what though? You're too close, man. You're too close. <laughs> I, I'm in a relationship. <laughs> Get away. Get away. Oh man. So look. So it's got a fence. Touchy. She would got name. If you look at, like people right here can't really see because if you look at the camera. Mm-hmm. If you don't understand how cameras work, it does look like the lens is only on me. <laughs> so Sky, it's called the Just Eldridge Podcast. Right. So Sky's talking about. Sky's talking about. Well, I, I'm trying to get in the shot. <laughs> hey, go Sky, bro. I love that. I love that. Hey, hey man, I'm just trying to make sure y'all see this. Hey, look, man, I'm having such a good time on the pod. We talking shit. You know, I ain't even thinking like. And then, you know, black folk, you know, they say how black folk laugh. Right, 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 right. So, yeah, she too close. So I'm getting ready to post. The couch kind of sink down too on the side. It's like, it was, so it's not like, yeah, you ain't really had you know that much control over exactly. it. Exactly. Hey, man, all I know is I'm getting ready to post. I post the, uh, I knew my girl was going to say something. When she first saw it, I ain't gonna lie, cause I told, I called Mark. I was like, dang, bro, like, can we get the edits? I'm looking, I'm like, bro, why is she so close? This nigga said, can you, dang, can you, dang, screen dang. can we, can we post edit this shit? Yeah, it didn't work. So I was like, you know, I was doing everything I could to butter my girl up before I posted it. When I posted that shit, my girl was like, what the fuck? Oh, hell nah, she too close. But also, when my girl listened to the whole episode, she said the episode was funny as hell. And she liked it. Right. So, great content. All I'm saying is, from now on, I'll be in this chair. <laughs> Church you no, know, from now on, when you come on to the, the show, you sit where the mic is placed. <laughs> yeah, I know, I right? did place the mic. We did place the mic. Away. That's a fact. And finally, midway, I right, just move the shit up. <laughs> Man, that shit was fun. And it was everything was playing against me. Like, oh, this your middle school. Like, oh, she would have found a girl in middle school. Like, everything was playing against me, bro. Like, there was some long talks. <laughs> she had the socks with the heels. Oh, bro, look, at this. Look, I I got a girl in the jeans over here. Like, the girl was skirt. <laughs> My brother didn't even know it was a girl in the corner. He said it was somebody else. <laughs> Jesus. This the this the time you hate when your girl is a big supporter and want to just watch everything. Well, like, well this like, day my this girl is not a big supporter. That's yeah, like, like my girl oh, is not a big this like like my girl is one of those uh I call black podcast listeners. You know, black people we like to watch podcasts on YouTube. Yeah, that's a fact. We don't really be on like all the streaming platforms. So unless it's on YouTube, my girl ain't gonna watch it. So we added it's on YouTube. So she watched it. So it is what it is. I'm just letting y'all niggas know. You can get on y'all job, man. <laughs> y'all niggas fucked up last week. We cut all this out. <laughs> right. And we're back. Uh, so let's get to it, man. Today, man, I really want to talk. Um, if you go back through the JP crates, uh, we've had a couple of politics episodes. Uh, 
Mama, why is the mayor taking my uh our house? Uh that's what Senator Fort, Derek Bozeman, them brothers made a lot of predictions. Some were right, some were wrong. Um, go back and check it out. You'll enjoy that episode. Um, after that, we had if you're not black, you're not black if you don't listen to this podcast. Uh that was our other political uh uh political episode when we brought on Senator Ford again and we were talking about Biden's comments. Um now political season is done for the most part right now. I don't know. Yeah, right now. It's it's still a little spicy out here. We, yeah. we, we got a little break. Like, so here's the thing. It's spicy, but if I when I say election season, political right. season is year oh, round. Always. Okay. Election it's, we got yeah. what, two years. Election well season. well, we got local elections coming up. We're gonna talk about that today. Okay. But uh when are, when are those? Um, November, we vote in Atlanta, we vote for oh. mayor, city council, all that is going up. Good to know. Um, but the Democrats won their presidency. They won, <laughs> they, they won their two Senate seats. Warnock in his shoes. Warnock <laughs> <laughs> give it up for Warnock, boy. Them damn commercials. Man. Them damn commercials good hey, as hell. That Shout dog. Nigga, yeah. the one where he said, everything she's saying is dog poop. <laughs> That shit was funny. Hey, but, but shout yeah, out, shout thing. out to brother Soul. Yeah, he did his thing. Senator yeah. Soul. He did his thing. <laughs> See you, black man. But now, nah, man, I want to call somebody because he, he made a lot of comments on the last podcast. So I want to uh, give him an opportunity. To what you, uh, what you think about the other senator that got in? You like him? Uh, Asif? Yeah, I think I think I think Asif is. Um, Young, that's what's gonna be really good for him. Because yeah, I don't think people realize what he, how he, how historical that is. He's yeah. like the youngest, and he's Jewish. Like. He like oh, wow. he like forty. You know he, what I'm saying? 40, like okay. he forty. He um uh, he. I think he's somebody you can, if you got the right relationship, you put the right pressure. He's somebody that can lean in our favor. Right. Again, that's what today is about: figuring out what does this mean right. for us. And I'm a, I always say this: I don't have all the answers, but right. when I don't, I find people that I feel like do. And that's why we're going to call the people we're calling today. Well, Dr. Bozeman, welcome to the Just Elders podcast, sir. How you doing? I was doing good until all them sirens went off in my ear. Now I'm about to jump on the floor and start looking for cover. <laughs> I apologize, sir. You know how, how our young, how these young boys do. Well, you know. First of all, sir, we know you are, you know, a great, uh, pontificator <laughs> on the mic uh we just want to thank you for gracing the presence of the jess elders podcast for the second time mm-hmm. yeah what what uh are y'all mailing the check or do i need to pick it up you can pick it up you know Hello. where I, you know where i live because <laughs> <laughs> i got paid to do the football game about to come on so y'all better start asking some questions or something real fast all right we got you man so Question. First of all, last time you was on, uh, we were very beginning of the quarantine. The world was nowhere where it is now. Um, right. We, Kamala Harris, Biden, and now our president and vice president. Um, mm-hmm. uh, first question is, what now? We, we, we won the president in the election seat. Um, we won the two Senate seats. What should, Certainly. what should we be looking for now as a people? Um, cause they said this was going to be a big change for us. Like, what does that look like in your viewpoint? Well, let, let's be honest. I mean, you know, what we have to begin to do is be realistic 
And the problem with a lot of people, uh, neophytes, if you will, doing political analysis, um, we just don't know what to expect, right? right? And so the question that you will have to look from a historical per, uh, perspective, what was the difference between Bush and Clinton? Qualitatively, for black people, not much. Uh, what we expect, normalcy. We just don't expect uh, to be uh, uh, four o'clock, three in the morning, reading a tweet uh, about somebody's, you know, personal issues or a president who is an infantile, um, you know, uh, immature individual. We just expect normalcy. Uh, But at the end of the day, uh, policies that come from the federal level generally don't reach down uh, all the way to. Uh, communities in ways that is, uh, are important and as significant as local uh, legislation. What we also expect, what I think we'll see, a lot more progressive action on issues of civil rights. I think you'll see a more serious inquiry into police shootings and some of the things that allow Biden to rise. Remember, this guy lost five primaries back to back to back and was, was a really, uh, uh, everybody thought the gas was out the tank until he got to South Carolina. Um, but this kind of fallacy and this notion that everything now is good and with black folks and in America is just, uh, people doing an improper analysis of what politics can deliver. Uh, as I said, what I think we ought to expect is, uh, a little bit of normalcy in that we won't be watching every day to see what kind of car crash has happened as a result of the president. That's what's up. That's what's up. Politics as usual. Keith, you got a question? Yeah. Um, So to piggyback off what you just said, um, what about holding people accountable? Do you, do you see this as an opportunity to um, hold people's feet to the fire? Like the insurrection that happened, Um, they're trying to impeach Trump again. Um, And anything that basically black people need for ourselves, because we're the ones who put them in office. Like, is there an opportunity yeah. to, to, to get something, basically? Well, yeah, here's the thing we have to be real careful of, and that is uh, expecting a system to deliver to you uh, what you must do for yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Black people, what I would say to you, get up, uh, use your God-given talent and ability. It does not matter to me. I'm just talking for Derek Bozeman now. I don't give a damn who the president is. I'm going to get out here every day and grind. I made money under Clinton. I made money under Bush. I made money under Obama. I made money under Trump because guess what I did? I get, I I did what Raphael Warnock said every morning. I get up, I put on my shoes and I get ready uh, to go somewhere every day. And so if black people don't get off your asses, uh, and expect to go somewhere every day to do something for yourself, regardless of who's in political office, then you are going to be here four years from that crime. What I think black people uh, should, what we should expect from uh, from that level of politics is what I want to see is, uh, uh, you know, a new the John Lewis Civil Rights Bill passed so that these efforts to keep us from the voting place um, you know, voter suppression tactics that are fought against by the Justice Department. That was a time if you wanted to open or close a precinct, if you wanted to move a precinct, if you wanted to do anything like uh, 
uh, amend the absentee balloting process that had to be cleared by a justice department in the civil rights division within the justice department. Now that we're no longer on those provisions, uh, it will hamper our ability to elect the governor here. You're about to see a bunch of legislation coming out of the state capitol that's going to try to curtail your right and access to the poll, to, to vote because of what we did here in Georgia. So uh, this notion that um, there's a black agenda, black people uh, notion that, you know, we done got these, these folks elect, they finna give us reparations. Take your ass to work. Because that ain't going to happen in the next four years and probably not the next 40 years. And so get up and see what job opportunities, what can we push this administration to do to make more money available for entrepreneurs, young Turks like yourselves? What could you do with $100,000 in terms of building this podcast that is made readily available to you at lower no interest? Those are the kinds of things we need to push for. But the the notion that we're going to be given uh, uh, something uh, on a platter, that's not going to happen, so, whether so, Democrat or Republican. No, I was saying, so, so can you speak to that a little bit more? So the stimulus and all of the things that he's doing right now, um, what this administration is trying to do right now. Um, can you Absolutely. speak to, like, yeah, what are some of those opportunities that people can actually be, like, looking forward to? I and, think um, you will see the stimulus. Remember now, this is America. This is the people's money. So the one thing you have to understand about the stimulus, let's just go through it for what it's worth, right? I give you $2,000. You know, the Republicans crying, you're getting $2,000. What are you going to do with it? Well, guess what? I'm going to take that $2,000. I'm going to take that $2,000 back to these same corporations that you are giving heavy tax breaks to. Most of that money is going to end up with the Walton family, at Walmart, at food, at shopping. At, at, you know, and so it's going to end up at Kroger, these multinational corporations that are conglomerates because the people are hungry. Uh, the people uh, are behind in their rent. And so if I gave you $2,000 a day in the average family in this economy, that money is going to be put back into the circulation within a week's time, mm-hmm. you know. And so I think you will see a bigger push because that's not really about helping you. They don't give a damn about helping you. That's helping the American economy because that money then goes back to those same corporations who have to buy the food, buy the grain, uh, grow the cow, and all of that. So it's a circular kind of thing. The Republicans ready rather just give the money directly to Sam Walton and the Wal- Walton family. Uh, the Democrats want to give it to you and then have you give it to them or have you give it to Georgia Power instead of giving Georgia Power a trillion dollar subsidy let's give it to you so that you can go pay your your power bill and they still get the money so you know it's really a shell game that's being played but i would rather put the money in the people's hand as opposed to this kind of trickle-down economics putting the money in the hand of these corporations who never uh get that money to the people on the ground who need it the most right because then it's like if it's in the people's hands, because now then we have a, the the opportunity to take advantage of it and not just take a two thousand dollars. But, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, take advantage of some of those, uh, you know, less spoken about things, you know, that they have in these stimulus packages, which really yep. I think a lot of people are overlooking and, you know, could 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 potentially be big for their businesses. Yeah, well, I think now what we have to do is look for SBA and some of these other organizations um, during this pandemic, what is the opportunity for business growth? 
Um, you know, one of the things that in our community we certainly should have been prepared for, and, and we need people now who can specialize the PPP, the payroll protection plan. A lot of people got the money, uh, and now they're going to end up jammed up on their taxes and everything else because they didn't know the proper use of it. And so that's an area where if you took the federal government money, you paid your employees, you kept them on the payroll, that's a forgivable grant, right? And so once again, that was trillions of dollars, billions of dollars pumped into the economy. Many of us did not take advantage of it because we didn't have the level of business sophistication. Mm. And of course, they're going to make us a poster child for abuses. The brother who then turned around and bought him a $70,000 Rolex, uh, paid his uh, child support. So we become the poster child for the abuse of a program like that, which once again now, that money came into corporations, small businesses, mom and pop shops, uh, so that they could maintain and keep employees on the payroll. Uh, for those who used it successfully and did it well, uh, you know, I chair a board of organization that used it to to the tune of millions of dollars because it's a $150 million nonprofit. Uh, but it allowed for us not to lay off not one employee. Yes, sir. Pandemic. And so, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so that's the kind of thing that, right. that would come on. I think if, if, if we had to lay uh, uh, Eldridge off, right? Um, you know, we wouldn't be able to do the podcast because all of the equipment y'all use would be at the pawn shop. So, I mean, that's the event. <laughs> no, sir. No, sir. <laughs> right. That would not happen. No camera, no microphone, no cord, all that. All it should be at the pawn shop. But that's, I mean, that's how government should respond at its best. And we have to be re- ready and in position to make it respond to us. That's what's up. Right. That's what's up, man. Um, so moving right along, um, yep. right now in Atlanta, we are getting ready. Uh, we were just talking about how election season is might be over on a national platform, but it's getting ready to crank up locally. Um, Felicia Moore just announced that she's running for mayor. I personally didn't know she was going to do it, announce this soon at least. Um, what are your thoughts on the mayor race, city council race, and who should we be looking out for? Now y'all scooping me before I can even make this. Now these. Hey, look! Now look! I knew you were gonna show. say. I knew That's you were gonna say. Look, 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 get on look here. I knew you were gonna uh, say that, but look, we don't release till Tuesday. You go back on Monday. All right, cool, so, cool, cool. so, so, so this um, this ain't gonna be heard till Tuesday. But I knew you were gonna say that. Um, you know, um, predictable. I think this is predictable. Um, Felicia and I came into the city council together. We elected nineteen ninety seven. And so she was my classmate coming to the Atlanta City Council. Smarter than what you would ever want. Uh, I mean, very conscientious. Felicia would read everything. Um, she's a policy wonk. Uh, she is not a, um, she's not a progressive as such. She is not one who is combative, uh, very quiet, but she goes about her work very effectively. Um, you know, this could spell trouble for the mayor. Um, but you know, there are some inherent issues in here for Felicia as well. One is, um, you know, so, so Felicia Lapeel has been, uh, in large part to uh, the white community. She has entree into the white community. She served district nine, which was a gentrifying district. Even when she came to it, uh, with a, the Bolton road corridor running back up to the fours. Uh, when she was in District 9. So she has a very strong base in the Buckhead area because that's where her district went. 
Uh, and so she could raise, uh, she's not very good at raising money. Uh, she don't like to raise money, but money is the mother milk of politics. Uh, but she is very formidable. You know, uh, Felicia Juan, president of city council, not one city council person sitting or had been elected endorsed her. Right. Mm. Uh, nobody did. They all lied. They, they were going for that Asian guy. Asian guy with a black sister doing a period of black girl magic that had produced Keisha Lance Fox. Wow. And so That's because nice. don't agree with her politic and her style, then nobody lined up with it. But I did uh, because I knew that Atlanta needed a balance between Keisha Lance Bottoms and somebody else there. Alex Wong would not have been that. And so uh, all of those black people lined up with Alex Wong over this black woman uh, black girl magic because of her style as opposed to substance. So to the heart of the question, it creates a problem, but let me tell you the inherent problems for Felicia uh, is history is not on her side. There has never been a city council president. There have been several that tried, Marvin Arrington, Rob Pitt, uh, uh, um, Kathy Willard. There's never been a city council president who went from city council to the mayor's seat. So that's one from a historical perspective, um, you know, so she's fighting against history. Uh, two is uh, she's coming up against a very popular um, national mayor with a national platform. So Keisha Lance Bottom would have absolutely no money, no problem raising money. Felicia Moore does not like raising money. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and so you're going to have a well-funded incumbent. There has never been the other factor that plays against Felicia is that never been an incumbent mayor who's been defeated, right? Other than Sam Marcel being defeated by an incumbent black mayor, other than Sam Marcel being defeated by, uh, who was white, defeated by um, Maynard uh, Maynard Jackson. Jackson. So Maynard Jackson served two terms. He comes back and served a third term after Andy Young. Andy serves two terms. Bill Campbell served two terms. Um, Shirley Franklin served two terms. Kasim uh, serves two terms. Any challengers to them never uh, never prevail. It is in difficult to beat an incumbent. But let me tell you what Felicia's access or her, her opportunity points are. While uh, Keisha Lance Bottom is nationally recognized and people can recognize her inside the city, the problem she's going to have is the Paul Howard effect. There are some white folks who have decided that crime is a major issue and they're putting it on the front page every day. This morning, man shot in Rolls Royce and Buckhead. And they're doing it in the Buckhead section of town because that's where they see people have value. This mayor is going to take a hit and have been taking a hit. And if she don't get a good answer, it's going to spell a problem for her. Um, You know, and then the other thing is beyond just the kind of glam and glitz of politics, what have the core, what have black, poor, uh, oppressed folks in Atlanta benefited from her leadership? Mm. That's a question that I can't answer for you. Do and we, I'm in that community. Do we, right? see, do we see Mary Norwood being a threat or Kathy Woolard coming? For uh, I think that, that is definitely going to be a white candidate in this race. So whether it's Mary Norwood or Kathy Willard, Kathy Willard wants it more than she wants her right arm on connected to her body. (laughs) So I would be surprised, but the problem with Kathy is she has no personality. 
and she had no reach into the black community. Mary Norwood, on the other hand, has both the personality in reach into the black community, but she made a fatal error recently. Mary Norwood signed on to a lawsuit um, Donald Trump saying that she felt like the election was stolen from her too. And I'll be honest with you and transparent. I like Mary Norwood because I served with her and I could tell you more about her record and some of the things she was able to help us do uh, that folks don't know about and how she has moved and how she got to be so popular in the black community by going to the barbecues, the cookout, the family reunions and all of the stuff that, you know, some of us who elected just say, oh, we ain't got time to do that. Well, hell, Mary would do it. And that's why Mary has such a strong root. But I think that lawsuit, uh, because, you know, the inside tick on her was she's always been a Republican cause, a Republican, and she plays to that Republican base, but she's no fool. She plays to that base to get the white folks. And then she come over here and do the electric slide with black people to get their vote. And so I think we, you know, put on your, Put on your uh, seatbelt is going to be interesting. Felicia, more interest. Now, remember now, just because she has filed intent to run doesn't mean she's running. Okay. She can look at it in four months from now and say, oh, no, this don't look good. I won't stay where I am. But the domino effect, I will tell you about the domino effect in politics because it is what had me come out of politics. Uh, when Kathy Willard uh, decided she was going to run for Congress after Denise Majette, abandon the seat and try to run for United States Senate. Her seat opens. I'm on the city council at that time. I said, I'm running for president of city council. Um, knew I could have won that race, um, you know, as a very popular city council person at the time. And then enters the race of Michael Julian Bond. Mike had just lost to Kathy Willard. And I told Mike, if um, you get in this race, both of us going to lose. And uh, Lisa Border comes in a corporate corporate America. Nobody really knows Lisa. They know her family. Long story short, we run. He and I split the black vote. She get all of the white vote and she wins. So, um, you know, I think the access is going to be very interesting. I think you're going to see members of city council leave and try to run for president. I think that too, uh, on the president level now, if we Felicia sins and runs against the mayor, I think you see the reemergence of a Kwanzaa Hall. You might even see a sleeper candidate coming in. And hell, who knows? Breaking news, you might even see Bozeman make a return to politics. Oh, Uh-oh. you heard it first on the Just Seltzer podcast. <laughs> oh, snap. Well, in that case. And um, on that note, I better leave. I don't know if said too much, right? Hey, but Bozeman, we appreciate you, man. Honestly, no, man. man. Like just for, uh, I appreciate y'all more than y'all know what y'all do by just talking about critical issues is so important and talking about it from a young person's perspective, man. So keep doing what you're doing, do more of it and uh, bring the crowd along with you. Bring them along for this politics thing. Y'all, you all are are the generation of the Bozemans when I was in my twenties and hanging around uh, Maynard Jackson early enough. I want y'all to get in this politics game this year in a big way, regardless of who you support, but jump out there and jump on some of these campaigns, man. Use your gifts and talents, um, you know, to get out here and push some of these candidates and then return. Then when you push them, you can ask the question, now what about me? Yeah, yeah. That, that's how many of us got into politics, by working in campaigns and telling them, now, since I did your data, 
and I can do that at City Hall for one of these $150,000, $200,000 jobs, too. So get involved. If I was saying anything to young people, this is the year that you should try to get heavily involved to the extent that you're interested and to the extent you have skills that can be used or to the extent that you're just inquisitive about it to get involved with politics. It makes a difference. Let me be very clear now. All I've said, whether it's at the presidential level or at the city level, don't be fooled. It absolutely makes a difference who's sitting at that table and not just the elected folks. It makes a difference who the advisors are. It makes a difference who is sitting at that table. And my hope is that there's always somebody in the room, uh, whether that's City Hall or at the White House, saying, now, how is this going to help uh, hurt black and poor and oppressed people? Man, Bozeman, as always, thank you just for being a beacon to our community and a voice to the voiceless. I appreciate you, brother. And again, for even coming on, because this is hot take before you even said it on your show. <laughs> but we release ours on Tuesday. We can't wait to tune in, listen to you on Monday. For those that don't know, this is Derek Bozeman, host of Too Much Truth on 1380 WALK. And I am the prince of WALK. <laughs> there you go. I'll let you, brother. Love you, man. Alright, y'all be good. Peace. Peace. Hot take. Hot take. He wasn't messing. He wasn't fucking with the sirens. <laughs> nah, yeah, man. You know, yeah, both old man. He hit us with the uh, exclusive. Hey, man. Uh, so now he did say something. Though. He said this also doesn't mean she running. So Shada could have put it out there. Uh, I guess the, the other thing is. What you about? Is, is anybody gonna run? Period. Like, what if nobody runs? Then, uh, somebody run. You had you just stepped away. But um, the the white candidates he named Mary Norwood, Kathy Willard. Oh, okay. They okay. definitely. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about Mary. Yeah, Mary uh, Mary, they she, definitely run. She run every year. <laughs> yeah, but Kathy Willard did really good last election. She came in. It was like nine people. She came in third place. That's for me. I'm running. If I come in third place. Oh, for sure. Um, for sure. And you got a base of people that still want you. So. And you got these niggas out here shooting these white folks area up. Bruh. I know I can win. And you got ATL Scoop Instagram page (laughs) ran by the police. Let's talk about it real quick. (laughs) Let's talk about it real quick. I've been hearing about it from everybody, bro. So, like, I will say this. Well, first of all, I don't know if it's the police. Nah. So I, look, I don't know if all of us so, are police because one of them clips I watched, the girl vividly said, she said, ooh, girl, I'm recording this for ATL Scoop. Well, let me let me show you they got why I know it's police. Okay. So first of all, I didn't think it was police ran because the first time I heard that theory, it came from Isaac Hayes. So Isaac Hayes put it up <laughs> there. He put it up there and he was like, yo, this is a police page. Don't do it. Because, you know, Isaac is going to anything that's against Keisha he's not with it regardless of what it is like he even posted the felicia moore thing i seen that um so first i was already i like scared i'm like man this ain't police this is what it is so then i looked at it the page is growing extremely they're like eighty nine thousand followers right now they only been around for like a year these people are every scene and everything i'm not saying the police necessarily run it I'm just saying the police or the police union 
are using that page are paying someone because you got to realize even the girl saying oh we're doing this for uh atl scoop you got to realize that can also be the they got so much footage of every break-in every like nigga i haven't seen cars on bricks since the movies bro no, bro, I told you, I've been seeing cars on bricks, though. Bruh. You ride through it the hood. Probably, yeah, that's, that, that's some drive yeah, time rims. Yeah, it depends on what side. Them niggas side ain't pay that know. rim price. It's, it's a side of town. But, yeah. but look, but these are, like, this <laughs> is footage. Money. You gotta realize if, if right now we walk outside and our car broke in, we obviously gonna do a video. We obviously gonna call the police to get a police report for our insurance. The police gonna take that video for investigation purposes. That's how you got access to so many videos. And now I can just share those videos anonymously right. to ATL Scoop. And you're probably getting paid a little something. Like, for what I'm saying is... $50, $100 or something. That, uh, the only reason why I believe it's police is because they got bruh, too much of the location. Bruh, they got, lo- shit, they got location. They got ring videos. They got... Yeah, um, they got Tesla cam video. Bro, they got that's, that's what they, yeah, that, that's what let me know that's the police wild, shit bro. too. Oh, like Tesla cam video. So the that's whole gonna, world is recorded, bro. That's gonna be that's, that's gonna be the biggest biggest run in Atlanta. The biggest platform is gonna be crime. That's all folk want to hear about right now. Mm. Crime, and then I even seen Felicia, uh, because you know they've been talking about closing down one of the more progressive things that uh Keisha Lance Bottle was trying to do was close down. The city jail. Mm-hmm. She was trying to close it down. So now city councilmen, uh, members are pushing back. And you know, Felicia Moore saying, I'm not sure about that. That's her leaning more towards on the side of this crime. Like, cause to say, to have you know, your, you can't close the city jail. To, to have your city out of control right now, crime wise, yeah. and, and talking then about talking about closing the jail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although that don't mean nothing. They just going to go to, County jail, like it, it don't necessarily mean that nobody's going to jail. It's just you repurposing a building. That's all that means. But I personally don't want no community center. And uh, if you don't been to uh, the jail on Pride, you don't want it to be the new community center. You don't, you don't want to go in that thing. Yeah, I ain't never been. Uh, but yeah, man. So Bozeman dropped some knowledge on that. Let's call for it real fast. Let me see what he's talking about. Hello. Senator Fort, thank you for calling the Just Elders podcast, sir. How you doing? You there? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We can hear you, man. Well, first of all, brother, happy new year. It's good to hear your voice. Happy new year. Good to be with you, my brother. Yeah, man, uh, I, we do want to let you know formally, Derek does owe you lunch. Um, last time we had Derek on the podcast, he was on with you and we were talking politics and Derek said that Biden would not win with the exotic ticket. He said he would not win with a black woman. You said he would. And he said if he lost, he owe you lunch. So I want to let you know you can formally call and get that lunch. I, listen, brother. I really appreciate you reminding you, big. I'm ready for. I'm ready for a, a good luck. <laughs> so, Senator Ford, we can jump right into it, man. We are okay. post uh, election season, at least on a national level. Um, Biden and Kamala, they won. We won our two Senate seats with uh, Asif and Warnock. Now we want right. to know now what. 
It was a big deal. Everybody was saying if we would have lost, the world would have ended. Now that we won, what should we be expecting? Well, I think we should be expecting uh, uh, a an agenda from uh, a progressive agenda that helps real people. See, the reason why Democrats lost in 2016, you know, the Soviet Union aside, we can talk about that, but why Democrats lost in 2016 was that they didn't have a people's agenda. Right. Uh, you know, Democrats became the party with uh, Hillary Clinton became the party of Wall Street. So how do you let people's movement uh, become a Republican thing? How do you let Wall Street fighting Wall Street with Donald Trump? We know Donald Trump lied when he said he was going to fight Wall Street, but we realize that uh, we got to do things to help real people, black and white, uh, over the next four years because uh, these things can turn around real quick. So I know one thing, that narrative of the people agenda, that really mm-hmm. didn't start till people like yourself, Bernie Sanders, picking up steam on a campaign trail and then people begin to pick up his narrative to get the people on their side. So, yeah, I mean, you, you're exactly right. It was progressives that brought in an agenda and brought energy. Right. Uh, and it's time to see the fight continues. I, you know, uh, Biden is going to have to do several things. Uh, some things that he's presented already have positive. Then he's done some other things that I'm very concerned about. You know, I, I agree on a $15 minimum wage. Uh, uh, I believe, uh, that we need a job program, a jobs program, infrastructure program, uh, to put people back to work. See, what Biden needs to do is, become a the Roosevelt of the 21st century. Uh, he uh, gets comfortable and some of his appointments show that he's comfortable with the corporate control of the economy. Then that's unfortunate. But we need Biden to become uh, a 20 first century Roosevelt, not a 20th century uh, good old boy uh, as he has been for a long time. That's what's up. That's what's up. So my question, my uh, my next question for you, we're going to the local politics now. Um, okay. We have a mayor race coming up here in Atlanta. Um, uh, it has now been leaked that your girl uh Mm-hmm. My my mind went blank. Uh, Felicia, Moore. Felicia Moore. Felicia Moore is now looking at the uh the throne. 
Uh, one, do you feel like this was a predictable move? If so, what do you feel like happens now in the mayor's race? And I have four um, candidates I see. I want to know if you see any other one. I see now Keisha, Felicia, Mary, and Kathy. Those are the four I see. And well, you're missing one. <laughs> Who's the one I'm missing? The one. <laughs> 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 Me, <laughs> man, fuck, come on, man! Don't give me a side on this podcast. We, we, we I mean, no, I, I think the list is is longer than the one that you have just uh, 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 put out there. I think Mary Norwood, after her uh, dalliance with. Uh, Donald Trump, I think she's a zero. I don't think she's going to get anywhere. Kathy Woolard, uh, while she wants people to have the impression that she is progressive, uh, you know, is not a progressive. Uh, You know, Kathy, for example, when the uh, bell line was being organized, uh, came out against uh, affordable affordable housing requirements on the Beltline. Uh, but the bottom line is whether it's Felicia uh, or someone else, and I've heard other names mentioned, other council members' names mentioned. I, the bottom- I, I've heard, you know, I know uh, Matt Westmoreland got his eye on it. I just didn't know if he would run now. Now, if I was him, I would run now to increase my chances for later. Just for popularity, get your name out there. And we all know yeah. white people losing don't affect them like black people losing. So yeah. he, he could, he could lose his way to an opportunity to win, kind of like Ossoff did. You know? Yeah. Well, you know, the bottom line is this. Uh, I, you know, uh, running against an incumbent mayor in Atlanta. Uh, is very difficult. The only time there was a competitive, the last time there was a competitive second term run against an incumbent mayor was uh, Marvin Arrington running against Bill Campbell in Bill Campbell's second term. Mm. Uh, it doesn't happen often. And even then, Bill Campbell beat. Marvin. Uh, it was very close, but he ultimately beat Marvin Arrington. Uh, so this is, I won't say unprecedented, but I will say it's unusual. But, you know, right now I'm not going to even get into the horse race. You know, there are other people considering getting in. Uh, you know, people have asked me about uh, running again. But the bottom line is this. It's not the who but it's the what that's important at this point. Um, you know, speculating on whoever's going to get in is one thing. Felicia Moore is in speculation. She is going to get in. Uh, she is in. Uh, the issue for me is this. As a citizen of the city of Atlanta, as a voter, is the city better off now than it was for four years? Ago, right. is the city 
in 2021 better off than it was in 2017. And I think beyond the personality, beyond the horse race, that is the central question for the city of Atlanta. And I would tell you that the, uh, you know, the answer for me is no, it is not. Uh, if you go uh, around, you know, whether it be something like the traditional measures like potholes, but more importantly, in terms of affordable housing, uh, you know, there was recently a uh, city uh, uh, ordinance passed to do $50 million of bonds on affordable housing. That's too little, too late, to be honest with you. Right. When you uh, think about it, what have they been doing for four years? What have they been doing for four years? Right. The same people have been died in City Hall for the last four, eight, 12, 16, 20 years. And the city has become more gentrified. The poor have become poor and the rich have become richer. Uh, for example, with the thing with the affordable housing bond package, guess who's going to get, I believe it's $6 million of the 50 to manage the bond package, to manage the affordable housing package. Ooh. Invest Atlanta. Now, Invest Atlanta's record on doing affordable housing is so abysmal. That's like giving the keys to the people that got you in the the car in the ditch. You would have given the same people who failed over, well, it's not that they failed, they didn't see affordable housing as part of their agenda. Right. So having said that, uh, Eldridge, uh, if you look in Southwest Atlanta, you know Southwest Atlanta, if you look, you just see Macy's is closing in Greenbrier, uh, some of the low uh, places that we talked about four years ago are worse off. So uh, my point is this. If you answer that question, is the city better off or worse off than it was in 2017, I would say that it's worse off. And the person who is in the mayor's seat and the people on council have to answer for that, Keisha Lassbottom, has conducted a celebrity uh, mayoralty She's more concerned about, you know, uh, you know, being up around Biden, being on the cover of Ebony magazine. Uh, but so you can't eat celebrity. People need uh, money in order to eat and provide for their family. So I think that the uh, Biden administration has been disastrous. So I agree. I agree. There is, you know, I was just thinking back on it. You know, I remember when she had put out the first hundred day progressive agenda. She had put a whole progressive agenda when she first came out. I personally can't name three things that got done on that list. Um, I mean, she's definitely been a popular mayor. Um, I, to her credit, I will say, um, there were some things I was seeing when she was trying to handle this pandemic in a way, but then I questioned that when I seen how she was handling the belt line and everything like that. But well, if you go, 
if you go around the city, I went by a location the other day. I saw people going in the nightclub. I said, dang, this can't, you know, the mayor ever has abdicated. You know, she, she, the thing that helped her is she was pushing back against the Republican governor, uh, camp. Right. We give her credit for pushing back, but that's what she should have done. But right now, uh, you know, I don't know, uh, that she has a plan, you know, uh, of distributing vaccine in the city of Atlanta. And I know people say, well, that's the Fulton County Health Department. It's all hands on deck. Let you, Mayor Bottoms, use your influence, your supposed influence, uh, with, uh, President Biden and start opening up a, a vaccine plan here in the city of Atlanta. You know, in order to get testing done this year, there was a private nonprofit that did that. Uh, that was not an accomplishment of this city's mayor. Uh, that was Sean Penn's uh, private nonprofit. We need to the mayor to, uh, we need to hear from the mayor on this issue of, uh, vaccinations in the city of Atlanta, particularly in, uh, uh, black and brown neighborhoods where people need to get the vaccine and don't have access to the vaccine. Yeah, I believe those are going to be the two issues. Uh, COVID-19 and crime are going to be the two biggest issues in this mayor's race. Um, well, but see, those two are not unrelated. Let me just, let me just make this point. Crime is related to the issue of jobs. Right. Crime is related to the issue of poverty. And let me tell you this, you know, the hell, I mean, Buckhead is one thing, brother. But you come into the neighborhood, you know, and you listen to people talking about uh, robbery and people getting held up and break-ins. It is, but you, uh, when you have this kind of income inequality where people don't have access to jobs, people don't have access to education, uh, you know, we need a mayor who, you know, uh, comes out of uh, Martha's Vineyard and understands how people in these neighborhoods, I mean, I mean, we thought we'd get, you know, some economic development. Right. The only economic development we see is with the, with the criminals. <laughs> stealing and uh, uh, you know the drug dealing going on you know that's the commerce that uh, Keisha Lash Bottoms has brought to the city of Atlanta sheesh sheesh well look, look well I you know I was just telling my, I was just telling my, um, my co-host here I'm gonna bring it like I see you brother nah I feel you I feel you I was just telling my co-host here it's Atlanta, it's not over. We getting ready to crank up and it's about to be a lot of, um, 
a lot of truth, a uh, slash mudslinging that's happening in the city. Um, because a, a definitely a lot needs to happen. A change definitely needs to happen. Um, where we are right now via crime, where we are right now in our cases. I know, uh, Keisha tweeted out not too long ago that we are now hitting a, a new record high of COVID cases here in Georgia. I know Grady has fooled, Grady is no longer accepting people. They're turning people away right now. And that's the one hospital I felt like would never turn anybody away. So the fact that Grady is full, we know we have a big issue that's happening in the city and, um, it's time for leadership. So I will personally say I'm excited about the opportunity of new leadership, not only just in the mayor's seat, but in city council. I haven't been impressed with city council in a while. Uh, no one there has really stood out to me in a way that seemed like they're not only going to talk the talk, but actually walk the walk with legislation. What need to understand is ambition is not a program. You know what I'm saying? Right. Being ambitious, what you have is people more interested in the next step than they are in helping people. Right. And, you know, whether it be Andre Dickens or I'm just going to say it or Matt Westmoreland, you know, they all, you know, should I make this move? Should I, let me tell you this, uh, uh, Mayor Washington in Chicago had the best, he said this, uh, the best policy is the best policy. That is, if you do things, if you get things accomplished, that's what's important as opposed to, you know, playing it safe because you're going to run for mayor someday. Right. Right. So, brother, um, as far as uh, Senator Fort, I know when you have always been someone that's on the ground fighting for our people, so Currently, where are you working out? What, what's something that you want the people to know before we let you go? Some things that you got going on. Well, you know, I uh, am going to focus uh, this year on, you know, because this, this last year, 2020 has been kind of a, uh, a provo- you know, kind of a provocative year. But this year, we're going to devote our time and energy to accountability. I that like is, it. we're going to all these folks who go be in our churches, asking for our vote, knocking on our doors. Uh, we're going to, you know, hold them accountable, whether it's city council or people running for mayor. Same thing, you know, with uh, our uh, our uh, federal officials. I'm glad that both um, John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock won. But at the same time, they're going to have to do the people's business. Right. Um, for example, right now, you know, predatory lending was one of the issues that I worked a great deal of my life on. And, uh, you know, the federal government, when we were fighting predatory lending here in Georgia, uh, we... Uh, when we were uh, fighting predatory lending, there were uh, federal officials that were working with the banks to stop what we were doing. And not to get too deep in the weeds, but there was there, there's a federal agency, the OCC, or the Office of the Comptroller of the Currency, that was a major block on stopping people from getting their houses stolen by the big banks. 
the OCC was a federal agency. And now guess what? <laughs> Joseph Biden has nominated one of the uh, one of the people that has been anti-consumer, anti-homeowner uh, to be the new leader of the OCC. And that's a big deal. And so what we I'm going to be doing, for example, is calling on Raphael Warnock and John Alsop to come out against the uh, nominee uh, that Biden has uh, picked to be the head of that agency because we we're afraid that he would be anti-consumer and block our efforts for uh, justice and uh, on Wall Street. So my major thing this year is going to be accountability uh, in policy and in politics, brother. So last thing, what, first of all, I love that word uh, accountability. We definitely want to be a part of that. If you could be intentional with feeding us things that we should be looking out for to hold accountable, to hold people accountable to, please continue to feed yeah. that us, to us and we'll feed it to our audience. Um, as well as, um, what, what have you heard about, um, Diddy's, uh, our black party and what are your thoughts on it? Oh, hey, what party? A black party? Uh, yeah, you know, uh, Sean Combs, aka Puff Daddy, <laughs> he, uh, started last year our black party and he said he's just trying to create a, a group, pretty much an accountability group where we are, He's not telling people not to vote, but he's just trying to tell people to vote consciously. I don't know if you heard anything about it. If not, I can no, send I you some, I I seen some links. All they did was make an announcement. They haven't really done much yet, but I've been waiting for them to see if they were going to release it. But I'm going to send some stuff to you so we can have a deeper conversation about it later. I think that's absolutely critical, the accountability piece, because too often what we don't understand as black people is that voting is supremely important, but it's not enough. What we have to do is hold folk accountable. A lot of times we vote and we go on home and the other people, white people say they not only vote, but they hold folk accountable. Right. So we've got to, you know, it's uh, one day of voting and four years of accountability is what I'm talking about. Well, let's do it, brother. Again, thank you very much, right. Senator Fort, for your time. Thank you for always being uh, a man of the people, a champion. Well, let me tell you this, brother. Uh, I, I'm going, you know, if people thought I came hard or hit hard previously, they see nothing yet. <laughs> you know, we're going to be, we're going to speak truth to power, Doc. Well, you know, we got, I'd like to talk to you at some time, at a later time about the white insurgency. Oh uh, yeah, we uh, de we definitely got to do a talk. You know what? And I would like to have that conversation based off we see how the rollout of accountability even on that situation is. I want to I want I want I want to wait to see what they do and let's talk about that. All right. Thank you my brother. Take All right, Senator Ford. Have a great day, brother. Bye. Senator Folt said, "I might be running. <laughs> shit, I Bozeman, might be. I might be running. Shit, Bozeman versus Fort. <laughs> I know. But 
I ain't gonna lie. Who you picking? Oh, you know my man. I gotta pick Ford on that. I mean both. I gotta pick my man. <laughs> See, he just said both. That nigga slick. What? just running, goddamn. Slick as a can of grease. <laughs> I tell you. My man, you know. You know, four. I mean, both, you know, my man. <laughs> my man, my man. <laughs> but nah, <clears throat> politics, bro. So. That shit, uh, I'm excited to see what happens in Atlanta, but I really be feeling how Bowden be feeling, man. This shit really don't change nothing. That's a fact. So, so, yeah, the, here's my issue. Unless you know how to get in. Like, I hear what Bozeman is saying, if you in it, but. Outside of that, black people just need to be getting their shit together. So for me, when when you go there with it though, right? So when you say, you know, we just gotta do our thing, it now it's kinda like, nigga, why even vote at all? Like that's how some like a lot of us ain't connected to our history mm-hmm. of what we went through to vote. Like we heard about it. Ain't nobody really connected to that history, so it's like I voted off. Shit gonna be the same well, anyway. Or it's like just hope for the best, you know, expect the worst type thing. Like where it's like I vote, you know, to hopefully put somebody in office that hopefully would do something for me, but I'm expecting the worst anyway, so I'm gonna just prepare for that. What I know? heard Bolton say is it's a bag in politics. If you have a skill, you can holler at a politician and get a bag. But like even when we talk about Atlanta politics, I always wanna ask, like, what's the push? For the metro Atlanta politics. Because a lot of niggas don't have an Atlanta address to vote for the city mayor. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of niggas, they worried about it, but nigga, you can't really vote. No, you might work here, but you can't vote here. Right. So, like, I've been wondering what's going on locally, locally. Yeah, like, like, what what do you really. The mayor of Lithonia, the mayor of Stonecrest, the mayor of, you know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. Like how uh, your boy was, um, this is a small city, Clarkston. Yeah. The mayor of Clarkston, how he came up. Yeah, very progressive cat. Damn near like a uh, Pete Buttigieg type nigga. Right. So, I think it's it's one of those things where you just got to keep your ear on the ground, man. You got to stay focused. Uh, I think we just got to connect the dots. I don't think the dots are connected uh, with politics. Like I vote, but now what? What does that really mean? Because if you if you paying attention to the news, voting for me just look like uh, well, I'm glad uh. We got to see uh Michelle Obama hair. You know what I'm saying? That's what we vote. We waited for this moment. Looking like Avengers Assemble. <laughs> Word. Hey, bro. I ain't got a lot of funny joke I heard. That man said, uh, <laughs> he said, uh, damn, what's his name, bro? Nick, uh, what's the, uh, character? Uh, fuck. Nick Fury. Yeah. Somebody said Michelle Obama looked like Nick Fury, bro. That shit was funny. And uh, she looked like Storm, the black one. Nah, bro. Like, if you look at Nick Fury outfit, like you look at Michelle Obama, bro. Listen, man. I I just don't. The, the propaganda machine, bro. Like, that's, see, that's one thing I really want to talk about, too. Like, break down the propaganda and how quick and how soon. Like, man, bro. Like, it, yeah, she looked good, but. I mean, women are just, oh, did you see Michelle? Did yeah. you see the granddaughters? Did you see the twins? Did you see the daughters? Did you see the Dr. Biden? Nah, 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 for, for me, it was Come more on. so like, everybody was like, today it just feels like the world is a better place. I mean, not, 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 not even, not even with that. It's like, even with the kids, like, yeah. they had to 
all these letters from kids like writing the president thank you i can hope again my vp looked like me i had to ask my daughter like did you write a letter to the white house like i didn't even know this shit was going <laughs> that shit on pissed me off too like bro ain't I mean, shit change and like it even going back to number i kind of wanted to stop him but uh, you know he was talking so good um you know earlier when he said going we're, we're back to a sense of normalcy and it's like is that what we really want Anyway, going forward, like I don't want to go back to what we was going well, that, before. That ain't what we want, Obama. but that's, again, that's the accountability. Uh, yeah, so that ain't what we don't want normalcy, but normalcy is what you're gonna get. And to get anything that's not normal, you got to do a level of extreme that we got to ask, are you willing to do? You know what I'm saying? When we start talking about the Boston Tea Party and how that's how right. you change the norm. I mean, you know? real talk, that's what see. And on the other side of this shit, that's what them white folks did on the insurrection. Right. Yeah, this shit looked crazy, but they had the same conversation we having. Yeah. But what they said was, fuck it. We going up here. We going to change some shit. Right. Yeah, because they, they also know they, they going under the uh, veil of white supremacy, yeah, of white uh privilege. They know the consequences are going to be different. That's why, again, when you look at the Boston Tea Party, that is looked at as a a great moment in time. You know what I'm saying? It's looked like it's, we all had to read about that. We all had to read about how many slave revolts did we read about in high school? You know what I'm saying? How many did we read about the Haitian revolution in the high never, school? Never. Like, so exactly. So you, you, you will learn about when they revolt or when they stand up for what they believe in, but you'll never hear on our side. And that's what Bozeman talking about when he say, you know, you can't do, Expect them to do what you want, ain't gonna do for yourself. That's why you gotta teach yourself about your history, about your revolts. And then I think as far as the politics goes, control what you can control. Um, they always say, you know, you buy your politics. Mm. You don't participate in politics, you buy it. If you can't afford a politician, you rent them. That's the strategy. That's the plan. Right, right, right. Uh, man, what did I have? Did I have anything else? Did y'all have anything else? Nah, that, that was it for me. Yeah, where we at on time? We there. We there. Hey, man, we say this every week. We love y'all. We need y'all. But most importantly, we can't wait to see y'all next week. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Just Elders Podcast. When they recognize that you got what it takes to succeed. And that's a-